the uh, the theme this Christmas at Anchor Ben is wonder, and uh, so I'm excited. I'm excited to get to share this morning. I do feel like I have a a word in my heart that God has given me. He was actually even speaking to me this morning during worship, and so. Uh, my heart and prayer is just that it's communicated in a way that will impact you, that the Holy Spirit would be able just to speak to you in your heart and uh, just in a, in a powerful way. And so, but before we get started, um, you know, there's two kinds of people that we encounter at Christmas time, or at least I feel like that I encounter. And uh, it's whenever someone says, there's so many days till Christmas, you're either stressed or you're excited right? And it's usually has to do with shopping, like Christmas shopping. And so I have just a couple of things that I'm going to share just so that you'll feel better this morning. Um, it says 60, some statistics, 62% of Americans buy their Christmas gifts the week before Christmas. So, right? I know. So look, you're okay. I don't know how many of you are out there as I was actually doing run through this morning. Jonathan was over here going, that's me. <laughs> And I'm like, that's me too. And uh, then it said only 28% start their shopping in November. So I always feel so guilty. Like, why can't I start it in November? But look, I, I, that is the minority of people that can do that and get that done. I'm like, I don't even know what anybody wants in November. And then I feel like if I buy it, they're going to change their mind or it's going to go on sale. Right? It's going to be cheaper. So I should wait. But I thought this was interesting. 7% of people do their shopping the day before Christmas. I could not. That's a little much for me. And then 4% actually purchase their gifts after the holidays have passed. I'm like, is that even still a Christmas gift? Like, maybe they're trying to get the sales. I don't know. I'm not sure. But... So there's just some fun facts that I would make you feel better. Um, we are excited. Pictures with Santa. It's always a fun time with family, friends. I always enjoy, you know, seeing even the pictures with adult, of adults. Like there's no kids in the pictures at all, but there's adults having pictures with Santa. So it's fun for everyone. Um, but of course, we know that Jesus is the reason for the season, right? Yes, and we are celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we know that, and um, I'm excited about the message today. So we're just, we're going to go ahead and dive in. The scripture that I'm going to start with this morning is a prophecy about Jesus' birth, and it was prophesied 700, about 700 years before he was born. And that's in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It says, for us, for to, for us, to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You know, I read that and uh, what you normally would take out of that, but something that stood out to me was the government. You know, just knowing that the day and the time that we're in, I just thought, you know, what, how, how much peace that brings, saying that the government will be on his shoulders, the government. But Jesus, the Son of God, is wonderful, and he's mighty, and he's the everlasting Father, and he's the Prince of Peace. And so is our God, the creator of the universe. You know, Pastor Jim has talked about how 
I like to go on walks and I like to go outside and, and him not so much. And, uh, and growing up, my parents both liked the outdoors. We went camping. And so I spent quite a bit of time outside. Um, and so I appreciate the outdoors and I appreciate um, just God's creation. But there's a few memories that have stood out to me that I wanted to tell you about. One was when Pastor Jim and I were in our 20s, we brought a group of college students and drove to um, Colorado to hike Flat Top Mountain. And uh, I remember I had never hiked a mountain before. We drove up there, pitched a tent so we could get an er early camped out, packed up, and then we hiked. It's, it's a day hike. And so you go around the mountain and it was beautiful. It was the tall forest trees and um, you get around. And then all of a sudden, like an early afternoon, we reached this flat spot, probably why they call it flat top mountain. <laughs> and so you reach this flat spot, but I remember him, it, there was, uh, he said, well, there's actually a summit, you know, you can go a little bit further. And basically there wasn't really any trees up there because, you know, the oxygen is lower there. So there's less trees, but it was a big pile of boulders basically. And he said, do you want to go? And I'm like, of course I want to go. Of course I want to go to the top. But I remember climbing to the top of that mountain and when you get to the top, there is a 360 degree view of just mountains. Like mountains are majestic. It is an amazing view. And uh, when I looked it up, it's almost, it's, it was almost nine miles, like not straight up, but nine, a nine mile hike. And the elevation is 12,329 feet. And so you can imagine the view from up there, I'll, that'll be something that I'll never forget. You know, it's just mountains are so majestic. And to think that our God, our creator created those mountains, are, they're so amazing. And then there was another time whenever, uh, probably just a few years ago, we had the opportunity to go and do some hunting in Sonora. And uh, we were out at night with the kids just having fun and calling, doing animal calls and whatever. And, uh, but we're in the back of the truck and, and you know, I mean, I'm a country girl and have been outside the city limits, but we were in the middle of nowhere. And if you, I thought, thought I had seen stars, but I have never seen stars like I did when we were there that night. It was unbelievable, millions of stars. It looked like the pictures that you see in the telescope, but you were seeing them with the naked eye. That's how bright you could see them. And it's unbelievable. You know, it's funny now, scientists now consider that it's unlikely. I was reading this, that it's unlikely that the universe has an end, that there's like an actual region where the galaxies stop or that there would be a barrier. And, you know, Pastor Jim and I were just talking about this the other day. And he said, you know, I think that they can't find an end because I think our God is still creating because he's infinite. That's what he does. He just creates, you know. And I just thought that is so amazing, you know, to think about. It says in Jeremiah 32, verse 17, it says, Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. 
Nothing is too hard for you. Not a million stars, not majestic mountains. And God is at work around, all around us. And if he can do all of these wonderful things and creating the heavens and the earth, you know, I think about he hasn't stopped creating for you and working on your behalf for you that just like the stars, he is continually working and creating in your life and on your behalf. And I'm excited about this morning because I really feel like that God gave me a word for this upcoming season that as a church and even as individuals that we're moving into. And it's, I think about, you know, have you ever been in a season of life where you, you, you get past it? You don't really understand when you're in it why things are happening the way that they're happening or whatever is going on is going on. But then afterwards, you look back and you think, Oh, okay, God, I see you. I got you. I got your number. I see what you're doing. But in the middle of it, you were like, what in the world is going on? And I believe that he wants you to walk and wants us as a church and you personally to walk in this upcoming season, this new year with eyes wide open, ready to receive what he has for you. I don't know about you, I like to keep my eyes open unless I'm on a roller coaster. And then my eyes are closed and my arm is, my head is underneath Pastor Jim's arm. I'm like, just tell me when it's over. So just for fun, how many of you, like if you're on a scary ride, your eyes are open? How many? How many of you are like, no, my eyes are closed? And how many of you are like, neither one because I ain't getting on it? Period. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's about even. It's about even. That's funny. He's always like, hands are in the air, eyes open. I'm like, no. And so I, uh, so I want to just share with you a little bit. It's I kind of always start with what I feel like God has put on my heart, and um, you know, He usually will speak to me in directions or seasons and things that I feel like He's speaking to me. And I was driving down the road. I was actually on my way to the campus. And I was thinking, you know what? I got nothing. I mean, nothing. And then all of a sudden, of course, with God and his faithfulness, he speaks to me the word restoration. You know, and I was thinking as I was pulling, I mean, as I was driving down uh, 2218, he spoke the word restoration, but I was thinking, you know, with the new building and everything, it's like, I don't know. I was just trying to kind of figure it out, but it was like, I saw his hands sort of like built, like, like, like he built the building, not physically, but spiritually built the building. And then I saw him move over to immediately relationships, marriages, jobs, like all these things that maybe have been broken or dismantled, or you feel like has fallen apart. I felt like God was saying it's being restored. It's being restored and it's being built. But I, I still was, a, so I was like, okay, well, restoration is not really like a sexy word, you know? I'm like, I, I'm going to have to like think about it and kind of do some research. And so then when I got a moment, I looked it up. And of course, restore, restoration means what I thought it did. And because um, sometimes when you look up a definition, it can bring a little bit of different, it's, it's a little bit of a different meaning. But it means to bring back a previous right customer situation to reinstate or return to its original condition. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, what did you mean by that? Because I'm not really feeling like God is 
all of this is just going to bring us back to where we started, right? And so then I looked up the biblical meaning of restoration, and I thought it was so interesting. In the Bible, restoration is always in abundance. When something is restored, it's always better than it was to begin with. God's promise to us is a better way of life, a better future for ourselves. And I think time after time in the Bible, God blesses people for their faithfulness and for their hardships, but he doesn't only restore and give them back what they had, but it's more than it was before. Isn't that amazing? And I just, I am so encouraged and I want you to be encouraged that that is what God is speaking to us about this next season. And, he, and I want to just share with you really quickly, I'm just going to read them all, four scriptures. Uh, Ezekiel 36, 11 says, I will increase the number of men and animals upon you, and they will be fruitful and become numerous. I will settle people on you as in the past and will make you prosper more than before. Then you will know that I am Lord. Zechariah 9.12 says, Return to your fortress, O prisoner of hope. Even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. John 10.10 says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Psalm 71.20.21, Though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life again. Form the, form the depths of the earth, you will, let's see. No, okay. So form the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up. You will increase my honor and comfort me once again. So there's several things where God time after time is talking about increase and restoring and twice as much and giving to us abundantly. And I know that many of you have been through a lot probably this last year in 2020, that there's a lot that you're dealing with, whether it's sickness or maybe you're feeling lonely in this Christmas season and it feels hard. You're, you feel lost and afraid or overwhelmed, or maybe you got it all together and you're just trying to hold everything's good, but you're just trying to hold it all together, just trying to keep it all straight, you know, so it doesn't fall apart. And I just think, you know, some of you might be thinking and looking at those areas in your life that are broken and shattered and thinking, how will it ever, how could it ever be whole again? And I just want you to know this morning that there is hope that we serve a God of wonder who created the stars, who created the mountains, and who, who created, created, who's the alpha and the omega, right? And so just like he created the millions of the stars and the majestic mountains, I truly believe that he can take the broken and the shattered pieces of your life, your situation that feels like it's out of control, that it's falling apart, and he can put it together again with his love and his grace and not only put it together again, but restoring it his way. Like Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly all that we could ask or think. That's the God that we serve. That's, I want you to hear that today. If you feel like that there's areas of your life that you don't know if it will come back and be whole again, and you're wondering how will it ever, how will it ever come back again? God is saying, I am able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than you could ever even ask or think. 
That's the God that we serve. That's the season that we're moving into. I believe Anchor Bend, I believe that this is the season that we're moving into. But our job as believers and followers of Christ is to be ready. We have to be ready to receive. He can bring the abundance. He can bring that. But we have to be aware in our mindset. We have to be ready. We have to know what. So I feel like that this message is sort of like a prepare the way. To know what's coming so that you're ready to receive what God wants to bless you with in this season. I love this. Um, You know, you have to ride this ride with your eyes wide open. Are you ready? Okay, say, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, I want to share the first point is that you have to know there's three things that you need to know, and then I pray that it's going to change your mindset so that when you're walking into this season that you're ready. And the first one is Jesus's power. You have to know that Jesus's power is at work in you. Say, his power is at work in me. That's right. And Philippians 2.13 says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. He is so good. He's bringing restoration. He's bringing abundance. But we got to be in his will, right? We have to be in his will. And that's where we find joy and we feel complete anyway. And he's such a good God. He's such a gracious God. He's not out there just throwing it out there, even if you don't want to just struggle to do my will. No, he says, he says, I'm working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases me. You don't even have to do it on your own. That is not his will. His will is to come alongside you so you don't have to figure it out, so that he's going to give you the desires. He's going to give you the power. He's going to give you the grace to do his will. You just have to know that he's working in you, that it doesn't matter what's going on or what it feels like, that he's working in you to do his will. And so we sometimes, you know, let's be honest, there's lots of times where it's like, I don't want to, you know, kind of like Pastor Jim said, I don't want to worship or I don't want to do this, you know. We don't want to forgive. We don't want to keep running this business or starting that business or leading this ministry or serving in this area. We don't want to give. I don't want to do that right now. You know, and I read this, I thought it was so powerful. It says, the secret to a changed life is submitting to God and then letting him do his work. Letting him do his work in you. You submit to God and he's going to do the work on the inside of you. The key is doing what he wants and then trusting him to change your desires. He'll change your desires We as humans, I I thought this was so powerful because we as humans struggle with this, right? It's our flesh. It's our fleshly nature. And it's really, but it's really a foundation for us moving our lives forward. And it's a mindset we have. And so I wanted to just show you, I have this diagram that I thought was so powerful. The first one, let me see. Yes, there we go. So the first one is the wrong mindset. It's like that there's this law of fairness or justice that is higher or more absolute than God. And so then, and it's binding, it's binding even for God. So even God must adhere to this law of fairness. And then God must act or respond in a certain way in order for him to be a fair God. For us to accept him as a fair God and for us to feel safe or trust or totally surrender, he has, to, he has to adhere to this law of fairness that we have 
in our own minds. And then, so we spend, what happens is, is we spend our time and our energy being frustrated and angry and isolated because, you know, what, because what happens is our appeal is to that law. Our appeal, we come back to that law and then we're frustrated because it's like, well, this is, this is the law. We go back to that and we're like frustrated because we're wondering why things are not going the way that we think they should in our lives. And so then we just stay frustrated and feeling like we've been mistreated and like that life is not fair. But the correct mindset is that God himself is the standard of justice. God himself is the standard of fairness. And so then our response is we just appeal to him directly. It doesn't matter what's going on. It's always fair. You know, I was telling my, my mother-in-law when we first got married, I heard my husband and we had kids, my husband say, life's not fair, but God is just. And I'm like, what does that even mean? I don't even understand what that means. It doesn't sound good though. And so I told her, I said, okay, so here I am at 43 and I'm like, I get it. I totally get it because life is going to happen. Life is not fair. But when God is the standard, then it's like nothing else matters because it's like, God, I trust you. He is the alpha and omega. He of all people has our best interest at heart. And so he is the standard. And so in this next season where God is bringing restoration and he's rebuilding things better than they were before, he never said it would be easy. He never, never said it would be hard, but he never said it would be easy. He didn't tell me that part, or I would tell you. <laughs> he didn't tell me that part. But I'm just telling you as a church and as individuals, we need to live in the God box because we're just, we need to trust that he's working things out in us so that we can keep moving and not get stuck because this is where we get stuck, right? Amen? Did y'all think that was powerful? I thought that was powerful. I don't know about you, but I'm like, I'm like, Wow. Because this is everything, everything. God is the standard. So then we can, every situation that comes up, if it's our marriage, our job, our finances, it's like, God, you're the standard. I'm not worried about if it's fair or not. I'm not worried about if I feel left out or not. I'm not worried about if this it happens or not. Because you know what? I know that you are the God of justice. Yes, and you're working on my behalf. The second thing is, is Jesus' power is at work for you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 and 10, it says, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That's another shift in our mindset that I don't know how many of you can relate, but I feel like every time I step out to do what God has called me to do, it seems like the enemy is just hurling things, right? I mean, have you guys ever experienced that? I think, you know, in our, in, whenever I was a younger Christian, I felt I just would be so frustrated and distracted. But now, the more that you recognize it, you're like, oh no, I got you. I got you. I got it. You know, pastor asked me a few weeks ago to preach and it always makes me nervous because of the holidays, but I'm like, you know, I, I'm like, no, we're good. Everything's good. And then of course it seems like as soon as I commit, everything happens. But you know, I used to just like completely wig out and he was like, I, it ain't even worth it. I'm not even going to ask. 
He's like, I'm not even going to ask her. But now I'm like, you know what? I just know that God is faithful. Like God is faithful. He is at work for me. And the enemy is just using that to distract me. And you know, the other thing, and I thought I had to share this because I know that many of you probably will relate is just in our legacy offering. Whenever, as soon as we commit and start talking about legacy offering, I am telling you what, it is like, I, I, we had a blowout on our, in one of our tires. I had a picture randomly while nobody was in the living room off of our fireplace, just pop out of the wall, fall off the thing, shatter the frame, you know, just little, I mean, our family, you know, family members got sick, just all these different things. I had a, I bought a $50 gift card. I got, I literally went across the street. There was a hole in the bag and it fell out somewhere and I don't know where it went, but I'm just saying, those are just things like that, that I thought, you know what? The Holy Spirit spoke to me. It was like, that's just the enemy. We're still going to give. We're still going to go. We're still going to do what we're doing. The enemy can do what he wants to do. But I'm just, because I know that God is working for me. I'm not going to be deterred by these things that are happening. Amen? Amen. I love this. I thought the enemy wants you to give up, but God wants you to give it to him. He's just trying to get you to give up. That's all he can do, right? He wants you to give up, but God is saying, just give it to me. I'm working for you on your behalf. And then the last thing is, Jesus's power is at work through you. God wants to work through you. He doesn't have to, but he wants to. It's his desire to. He wants to use you and use the gifts that he's placed inside of you. You know, the, uh, the scripture in Acts chapter one, verse eight says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people all about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And the first thing that stands out to me about this scripture is it's written in red. And if you don't know, they, they, the, there's Bibles that are written, they call them the red letter editions. And all of the words that Jesus spoke out of his mouth directly are written in red. And this, this is written in red. It's, it's what his commission, his charge before he was ascended into heaven. After he died on the cross, he made visitations. And this was one of his charges before ascending into heaven. The last, one of the last, the last one. And I, the next thing is that he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes to you. Meaning wait on God. God is going to give you the power. God is through his Holy Spirit. He's going to give you the ability to do what I've called you to do. The great commission. He's going to give you have to wait on him. Wait on the Holy Spirit and he is going to he is going to give you everything that you need. And a lot of times that comes from that looks like courage. It looks like boldness. It looks like ability. The Holy Spirit will give us the ability to do the things that he's called us to do that we thought before we couldn't do. He gives us discernment. He gives us authority. He gives us confidence. Because of those things, then we can walk in confidence to do what he's called us to do. And I believe that for you. I believe that it is a word <clears throat> for many of you out here to just believe that God is working through you. 
He's working through you. He's saying, just wait, but you, but you do need, you need me. He's saying, you got it, you got it. Some of you are, are maybe you know God and he's saying, hey, but I have this thing for you to do, but I need to be reconnected. I need to be reconnected. I need some time with you. I need to speak to you about some things. I wanna show you some things. I wanna give you some plans. I wanna give you some business ideas. I wanna show you how you can bring restoration to your family. I'm gonna show you how to walk out this healing and this forgiveness and because there's some things on the other side that I need you to grab a hold of. God wants to equip you so he can work through you. And when he restores and he rebuilds better than before, and then there is abundance. He says, tell everyone to the ends of the earth the goodness of God and how much he loves them. See, God wants to use you. He wants to bless you, but it's so that we can also tell people about him everywhere. So God gets the glory. He, so you, oh, you know, hey God, I know that this is, I know my struggles. I know how you came through for me. I know how I was sick in my body and how I'm no longer in pain. I know how, of a, how much of a struggle this relationship was before and now there's healing and joy and fruitfulness that comes from it. And God is saying, God is saying his words out of his mouth, the red letter edition says, tell people about me everywhere to the ends of the earth. That's what God is doing. God is bringing revival, but he's bringing blessing and he's rebuilding and he's restoring because the revival is gonna come when we as believers and followers are telling people about him everywhere to the ends of the earth because we're saying, look, look what our God has done. Look what the God of wonder has done. The one who put stars in the sky and built the majestic mountains. That is what, I, that is a charge for us as a church, for us as Anchor Bend, as individuals. I feel like that God is speaking to us in this next season. And so I just wanna pray. I do feel like it's a charge. I feel like it's a charge from the Holy Spirit. And so I just wanna pray over you this morning that you would receive that word and that you would be ready, that your eyes would be open, amen. Father, we just thank you, God. I thank you. Father, for just giving me the word, Lord, allowing me to just be a voice. And God, I just pray right here that every single um, thing that was said, Lord, every single um, scripture that was read would not fall on deaf ears. But God, that by your Holy Spirit, that you would speak to each and every person, God, and that you would show them, Lord, prepare them, let their eyes be opened. Father, I pray that the dreams that have been dormant would come alive, Lord, that you would show each and every person here how you're rebuilding areas that you want to restore, that you are bringing back, not just, Lord, I pray that you would just allow them to start to journal and pray, not just about restoring and bringing back to its original condition, but God, allow them to dream, God, better than it was before, more than what you've done in the past, ex exceedingly and abundantly, more that they could ask, think, or imagine, Father. I thank you, Father, for this season and just speak restoration. And Lord, I felt your Holy Spirit in worship, God, say that not only are you restoring and rebuilding and starting some things, but there are some things that have already been started that you are bringing to completion. 
in this season, it's restoration and completion, that they're gonna see the fruit of their labor, Lord. I thank you, God. I thank you for healed hearts. I thank you for healed minds. Lord, I pray that there's a shift in mindsets, God, that there, that there is a right mindset, a right mindset that you are the God of justice and that you have our best interests at mind, at heart, Lord Jesus. God, we thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. God, that you're working in us and through us. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Hey, why don't you, I felt the presence of God really stirring some stuff. And, you know, I wonder if maybe just bow your head and close your eyes and Maybe that's you. We talk about an impossible situation or the enemy has tried to, what he does, steal, kill, and destroy. And by all natural view and perspective, he's done it. But I believe we serve a miracle working God that when it seems like the dream is dead, the relationship is destroyed, the whatever it is, is unrepairable. We serve a God that repairs the broken, a God that rebuilds back better than it ever was. And I wonder, Phyllis, I want you to pray. If that's you and you're facing an impossible situation or there's something that the enemy has tried to destroy, you're believing for restoration. When she said that, you're like, that's me. I'm believing for restoration. Just remember this. It was interesting when she said that it was like God did the building and then he went to marriages. Look, we shouldn't have bought this building in the middle of a pandemic. We shouldn't have been able to, to rehab and to make this church in the middle of a pandemic. It's impossible. But how many know with God, the impossible is possible. And just like he did it in the building, he'll do it in your marriage. He'll do it in your family. He'll do it in your finances. He'll do it in your job. He'll do it wherever it is that you see God needing to do a miracle. If that's you, stand up. Pastor Phyllis is going to pray right now. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. Stand up. Don't even think about it. Whatever it is, nobody's judging. You just stand up. Your miracle right now. Stand yes, up. Yes. Come on. Yes. Now, what yes. I want you to do is I want you to pray. I really believe there's a miracle being released right now yes. supernaturally. I actually felt that about having... Put it in your... I actually felt that about having people stand up. That's but I didn't right. get a chance to talk to you Come about on. it. So I think that's... So pray right now. I believe Father God, I just pray right now, Lord, that yes. each and every person standing, God, you know their situation. Yes. God, you know their hearts. Lord, things that have been spoken, things that did not have been spoken, Lord. And I just declare right now by the sound of my voice that restoration, healing, rebuilding, yes. God, your yes. way, not to its original content, intent, but God, yes. more exceedingly and abundantly more than we that they could ask, think, or imagine, God. I thank you, Father, for dreams, hey. Lord. Dreams that have been yes. dormant, Lord, that you would have them journal, have them pray, Father, have them you. speak out. God, yes. I pray that you would give them the grace yes. to walk in obedience, that you to do the things that you call them to do, the things that are not easy. Yes. Lord, help them to remember, God, that you're working through them, you're working in them, that you are using them as vessels, God. Lord, I thank you, Father, that supernaturally things are going to happen. Lord, I pray that they would be awake and alert, that their eyes are wide open, that they are going into this next season 
fully aware, God, of your workings, fully aware of the enemy. And God, that just like like the Bible is a two-edged sword, yes. Father, that they would be able to discern the difference between what is you and what is the enemy. That there yes. would be clarity, clarity. in Jesus' yes, name. No now, Father, confusion. I pray right now, I break every Jesus. demonic spirit with the authority that you have placed in my life. God, let it be broken off of their life. In Jesus' name, we break a spirit of confusion. In Jesus' name. Father, the spirit of division. In Jesus' name. Father, we release your life, life, life more abundantly. Lord, I pray that dreams that have been dead would come back to life. God, I thank you that supernatural restoration of families. God, I declare that the impossible, that's what you are. You're the God of the impossible. And so, God, we thank you that you rejoin families. Father, we thank you for that. God, I pray for marriages that seem like they're over, like there's no hope. God, I pray that in this season, Lord, let love be released. Let forgiveness be released. Let grace be released. God, we declare supernatural power and victory in Jesus' name. Church, come on, let's stand up. Let's sing this. feel the presence of God in this place. Come on, just tell him how much you love him. Father, we worship you. You are so good. The 
that you would step out of eternity into time, come as a baby and live a sinless life. You felt the pain that we feel. You experienced disappointment, betrayal, and all the things that we have faced and experienced. God, you know what it's like. And we're so grateful that in the midst of that, you never quit. You never turned your back on us, but you willingly gave your life for us. You hung on the cross, and it's your blood that saved us. Covered our sins, washed them away, and God, we're so grateful. Come on, just tell him. If you're a believer, you've got a lot to be grateful for. I don't know about you, but I was headed straight to hell. God saved me. I'm so grateful. Grateful that I didn't have to be good enough. I'm grateful that I didn't have to be perfect. I'm grateful that you love me even when I fail you. I'm grateful for your grace and your peace and your strength. Grateful that you would choose me, Lord, to be a beacon of hope and light. Come on, just tell him what you're grateful for. Man, it stirs something up. God, we're so grateful for you. We love you. We praise you. I want to do this ministry team, if you'll go ahead and come on down and we're going to close in just a moment, but if you want prayer ministry when we close, team's going to keep singing, and you come down. We'd, we'd love to link arms with you, pray for you, believe for the miracle that you're believing for, and also want to give you a couple of other options. In the back, we have some crosses. We have paper and pen and some tacks. If you want to write something, Maybe, God, I'm going to give you my marriage. God, I want to give you my family. I want to encourage you. Go back to the table and write it on that piece of paper and pin it on the cross. There's no greater place than to put what you're walking through at the feet of Jesus. We've got candles you can light as well. We also have communion. and Just create a moment. You know, so many times we rush out of here. But I promise whatever you rushed in here and left at the door, it's right there when you walk out. Come on. So, man, it's like, God, I just want to be here in your presence, in your glory. Now, I do want to pray for those of you, maybe you're here and you don't have a relationship with God. I believe that he brought you to this place today so that today could be your day of salvation. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says you will be saved. You're not saved because of good works. Good works cannot save you. It's the blood of Jesus. We are saved by grace, through faith, not of works so that no one can boast. You say, well, pastor, what do I do? I'm going to lead you in a prayer of surrender. It's that easy? It's that easy. Why? Because if you had to earn it, that means what he did wasn't enough. But the blood of Jesus paid the price for the sin of our lives. And it's an amazing thing when you come face to face with God and you say, Jesus, would you be my Lord? What does that mean? 
Do you just put him on your list? No, that means you put him at the top of your list. Do you just add him to your life? No, you put him at the center of your life. It's like my life is all about you. Everything I say, everything I do, not about perfection, it's about surrender. And there's someone here today, maybe you're watching online or you're here, and that's you, and you say, Pastor, I'm ready right now to surrender my life. That's you, just be bold, just raise your hand. Say, Pastor, I want to pray that prayer of surrender with you. I'm ready to go all in. I'm ready right now to make it my moment. Yes. Come on. Come on, church. Tell them how proud you are. Pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I need you. I surrender my life to you. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash away my sin. Wash away my past. I give you everything right now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Come on, let's worship one more time.